Holland, this movie, come on. You know this this takes the 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 temperature of a horror film to a completely different level. It it gets weird. <laughs> it does get weird. So that means we have to start at the very beginning then, creating with Lawrence, because as a writer director, this was his first effort, was it not? It was his first effort as a director uh, that wasn't at Columbia and and with various friends um, at film school. So I was elated that I was able to get my hands on the script and that he was interested in my take on it uh, of playing these two characters in this one movie. A 65 year old and uh, and, uh, you know, who is my my spouse's mother as well as uh, his girlfriend. So now, did you did you have to go through a split personality test or anything like that? Because I mean, I, I do a thing that I call transitioning, and I believe that we all have different uh, mindsets and mood swings and things, and that we can be several different people at the same time. What what did you experience by being on that camera like that? Well, we so our preparation was Lawrence as well as his partner Daisy were seeing a Buddhist guide named Katie, <laughs> as Buddhist guides are named. Uh, but there's a famous school in Colorado that she had she attended for several years and Lawrence had recommended me seeing she's like a therapist meets a life coach with a lot of Buddhist principles thrown yeah. in there. And, uh, I jumped on board with it and said, yeah, I would absolutely love to take some sessions with her. And she, it, it was interesting that I think Lawrence did have a plan because the, uh, the bardo of the situation of, you know, is this soul who is this mother not ready to leave earth because she has unfinished business with her son kept working its way into our sessions. And so it became the most unique preparation that all three of us had uh, used a Buddhist guide. Uh, We joked that she should come to set uh, to prepare for this film. Oh my God. When you start messing around with Buddhism, because I mean, I I study Buddhism and I know how, how everything is connected from the past into the present into the future. It's all one. Yep. And the water and the fire and, um, and so we talked in terms of what is Anya versus what is Tracy. And obviously with Anya being a grounding and no makeup and didn't like to show her body. Right. Um, the sort of modern day feminist, so to speak. Um, and then you had Tracy, a woman of also New York, but the 1970s with the tight clothing and the disco era and the lipstick. And I loved that all of these things that an older person when they pass they do tend to potentially hoard or that has it's connected to a memory and is it that who's the, who is the manipulative person in this relationship and i <laughs> i like that you begin in a traditional sense or a conventional sense so to speak of like hey girl go get a new dude but as the movie progresses if he's a bit short with her i love that transition where you go oh no is she the has she been taking us all for a ride including the audience wow. um you can you can do this through two lenses one very logistical and then one, you know, through the supernatural. It, d- it does take you for a ride because after I saw the movie, the thing that happened, my mother appeared in my dream and she, and, and the thing is, is she kept stealing things from me and then, and then giving it away. And I kept going, that's my stuff. And her comment in made me wake up in, in my dream. Yeah. And, and, and oh her comment woke me up immediately because she goes, what, you don't want me to have friends. This is how I have friends by giving your stuff away. It's like, oh my God, this movie, it, it haunted me. Lawrence knew what he was doing, I think, when, uh, you know, the people that we've spoken to about this movie that have been able to see it, it it's such a mirrored effect. And, you know, everybody has, most people at least at a certain age, we have a, we have a loved one we've lost. Yeah. And that, that process of going through their things, and it's, it is haunting, and it's incredibly personal and vulnerable. And so um, 
I'm I'm not surprised that um, you know for for the it's you don't want to reach in someone's soul and say like hey be careful if you watch this film but um, I also I think vulnerability is a great thing and it brings us together and so I think that Lawrence told a great story about telling a personal story um, that that everybody can relate to with a, somewhat a, a loved one in their family and even you know more so their moms well it's, yeah, yeah it's relatable because because you're right we, when it comes to family when it comes to close friends they are such a part of who we are as human beings well through Buddhism remember, yeah. remember we're growing into each other we, we met we met in a different lifetime we're just doing it right here and we're recognizing it but I mean the fact that this is the thing that really haunted me in the very beginning a boy's best friend is his mother and I thought how did anybody find that out about me I of course I love my mother my mother was my best friend and still is my best friend well, and I, what I love about this movie is we see a lot of mother-daughter relationships on camera. We don't see a ton of mother-son relationships mm-hmm. on camera. And so I love that they, that Lawrence, who's an incredibly sensitive soul, wanted to talk about that and tell it through this lens of a mushroom trip through his girlfriend mm-hmm. and that icky feeling where you're like, oh, like that's the... The, the biggest horror film is when you have to think about your mother sexually. <laughs> I mean, that's just something that literally that nervous laugh is going to, is gonna, that's the reaction they're going to get out of everybody. Like, uh, what? <laughs> and so that's where he went of that's, that's a horror film. Mm. And so, you know, that's, that's the, the button that Lawrence wanted to push is somebody that is shut down or not very communicative and, Anya thinks that's as as do I. I am of the same belief. Anya and I are similar in that sense that communication is key and opening up and we're only as sick as our secrets. Mm. Um and I am I I did not have a hard time connecting to Anya in that sense. I had a harder time connecting to Tracy and how she can treat her child like that. Mm-hmm. And the mothers in the world that are just so narcissistic that they can't reach outside of themselves to love their child even if they want to and and exploring i had to have a lot of empathy for tracy that's what i had to really fight for in this film because behind narcissism is usually just a lot of insecurity and a lot of abandonment and that's ultimately what tracy you could hopefully feel i i played her in the sense of that she really wanted to love her child but what happens to those women that have children that weren't meant to have a child Mm. And that's ultimately what Tracy comes to terms with is that she made a mistake having a child, but that child's now here and very, very much breathing. Yep. Yep. The movie we're talking about is Mother May I, which is going to be in theaters and on demand. I would love and I and I, I wish that somebody would do this. I'd love to see this movie in the 4DX movie theater with the where, where the seats move and and because that, that house creeps me out. And and then and then the ballerina uh, dance. Come on. Oh, I don't even know about this thing. The seats move in a movie theater. Oh my God! Yeah, it's when when it comes to any type of action-packed movie. I mean, it's like going into a uh, like a, an amusement park, and I mean, it, okay. they 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 shoot water out at you. If it's snowing, then the temperature changes. You can feel the breeze in the sh- in the in the show and everything. Oh, but it, but it's called Forty X. Forty X. I'll have to check that out. That's, yeah. Well, you you might not. You know, it's 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 very the psychological quiet horror film. Um, because of the context that, you know, anything like when she would touch him, we, we were very careful of choosing precious moments of like when she would touch him, how she would touch him. Right. It got very like icky, very personal <laughs> of the last thing that any man wants to think about. And then Emmett, who already doesn't communicate to begin with, is now forced into the situation and he thinks it's an act. 
Mm-hmm. And and he's having to play with that, you know, mind game with himself where the second he starts to feel bad for Anya, did something happen to her? He finds a journal open where it's like, oh my gosh, did she already get a hold of this? And that's why she's acting like that. So the mind game, the puzzle aspect of this movie, in addition to the vulnerability of it, is is really what drew me to it. Yeah, you're not going to sit in the same place all the way through this movie. There's you're going to you're going to lean on one side, lean to the other side. You're going to sink down in your chair. You're you're going to be physically moving while you watch this movie. It's the goal. It's definitely people's make people's skin crawl. Yeah, literally, with the, <laughs> but with the bug aspect as well with the cicadas. And what, what's so fascinating about the, this movie, Mother May I, coming out right now? This has been the year that everybody's been talking about. We need to start moving toward mushrooms for medication, and and it, it needs right? to be a part of our lives. And here comes this movie. I'm going. I don't know now. I think I think maybe I need to really make sure I do some better research. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> know your source. Uh, yeah, I mean, how to change your mind, Michael Pollan, like huge fan and. And I had recently read that book, um, as well as The Immortality Key, which is also a book about uh, cybocillin. And there was a fungus that grew on wheat back in uh, biblical times and how much that has affected the King James Bible. So um, I think that this all pulls from that same sort of just head scratching question is how are psychedelics hurting us or helping us Yeah, and using them as therapy and and. I am. I'm really fascinated by it. I I do believe like the war on drugs kind of dampened our our uh, our openness, at least as Americans. Um, to using this as, as a, a cathartic experience. You're so right about that because, I mean, when, when you really dig deeper into the psychedelics and stuff, because we all have this vision of the old hippie days and everything. You guys aren't hippies in this movie, Mother May I. You're everyday average no. people that just happen to go through an experience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it was, you know, I, 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 I've never lived in New York and, and certainly not Brooklyn, obviously, but I connected to the the generation as millennials that, that are trying to be more open than their parents were. Mm-hmm. And uh, and they're, they're, they're definitely everyday people. They're the, the progressive everyday people that are open to it. Um, but I, I appreciated the fact that Lawrence let everything stay really subtle and natural. And our makeup took five minutes, Zania. It was great. Uh, and the, the house itself is such a, a gem that it was a converted dairy barn. We actually slept in the picture house because we didn't have enough money for a, a, the lodging plus picture house plus yeah. driving every day and our rental, car, rental cars or drivers. So we all just piled in there and kind of slipped, slept in like a little nook and, and and they were sweet enough to give Kyle and I the two main rooms with doors because a lot of them were like loft style um, with little shades in front of the beds. And so it was quite the the summer camp experience for five weeks and Kyle is a big cook and he would make, fa- and so Lawrence is an incredible Italian cook and so he, uh, Lawrence Benicelli, the director, so he would make, um, I have a new way of making salad and you put the dressing at the bottom of the bowl first then you put all the lettuce in and then just salt and you toss it from the bottom, not the top. Oh, wow. And it is the best way I have had salad. And it's all it is. The dressing is just olive oil, lemon juice and crushed garlic. That Ooh. is it. Ooh. And you put it again, put it at the bottom, then the lettuce, then the salt on top, then mix. And it is so good. It tastes like that restaurant salad. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, the family meals. Um it was very much art imitates life in that sense that, you know, we we were stuck in a house together for five weeks and there was no 
it was very blurred as to when the day ended. I mean, the camera stopped rolling. That was really the only indication that the day was actually over and we would all have a glass of wine and family meal afterwards. So it was a very intimate experience all around. See, this is the type of Hollywood that I love most when we don't get to see what happened and then you share it because when you've got that kind of togetherness on the set of a movie, this is going to hang with you guys for the rest of your life. This was absolutely a moment. Yeah, I mean, Kyle Gallner is is indie king. I mean, Dinner in America, he's got a movie called The Pastors coming out. Um, He is genuinely one of the best actors. I was elated. I was pinching myself. And at the same time, I'm like, well, Lawrence wrote an incredible puzzle of a head trip. And so I'm not surprised he's coming on. But I was just I just didn't think I'd get a chance to, to act with him. I was such a fan of Dinner in America. And so when he came on, um, he he just kind of led the pack as far as uh, being being the chef and even taught me how to cut vegetables properly. <laughs> um, so we're lucky to have Kyle. And he he said after, after all the indie movies he's been a part of, I said, have you ever slept in your picture house though with, <laughs> with the director and his partner upstairs? Lawrence and, and Daisy took one for the team because it was 85 degrees like at night and they were sleeping up in like the third story loft. So they were legitimately sleeping in 90 plus temperatures every night. And I don't know how the hell they were able to sleep, but they were. And I would soak my clothes um, in a bathtub and then get in bed and go to bed with like soaking wet clothes on because I I needed cold to sleep. I'm the I'm not a very high maintenance person, but when it comes to sleeping, a hundred percent I will admit I'm high maintenance, and I need it to be an ice bath. And so um, because we had no air conditioning, yeah. And so and. Our poor makeup artist. Oh, she was amazing. Just having to sop up the sweat. But, but yeah, everyone slept, you know, the DP, the producers, almost everybody except for a couple of the producers were sleeping in that house every night. So it was wow. just a, a, Kyle said it was a wild experience. He, the indie king, had not even experienced that. Wow. Um, so it was, it was actually quite a joyous uh, group that were obsessed with Tony's chocolates and we, like <laughs> would nickname Tony's chocolates and there was a guy, uh, oh gosh, Nick Robinson, that that we would watch um, at night. These these comedy sketches, and so it was it was quite jubilant when the camera stopped rolling. Wow. What about the waking up hours? Because you know how we are as creative people. We don't always wake up the person that everybody's, mm-hmm. you know, saw us the night before. Because I'm a daily writer. The first thing right. that I have to do is I have to write before I speak to anybody else. Wow. Well, you know, what's interesting is because it was such a casual schedule, but we still had to obviously stay on track. Um, we, we did have some leeway that I've never experienced on a set of when we could start. And um, some of them, you know, in the beginning, they were early. I like it when we have early shoots in the beginning, but then as you move in, you're getting more tired, you know, working 14 hour days. Yeah. And we even had days that we could kind of be creative with the schedule. If, if the call, you know, we still had call sheets, we stayed professional in that sense, but um, we were able to move things around a lot, a lot easier being in just essentially one location. We even were um, Googling uh, lakes that would, you know, we go like, hey, maybe on the weekend, though, can we just like we won't be able to you know, schedule this with uh, the drive. But maybe on the weekend, let's go get a, a really clear lake shot. And so when you have all the cameras at your disposal, literally everyone's there all the time. And we wow. all believe the project. You know, we didn't end up getting this this cool, really beautiful see-through lake that was like two and a half hours away, but we, we could have. And so there was um, a certain flexibility there that just, it was definitely the most special movie experience I've ever had. So when you played a double role like you did, how do you film that? It can't be in chronological order. I mean, how, how did you build that? Lawrence tried to do as much as possible in chronological order, really? but it was not. Okay. Mm-hmm, he did. 
And he, because most of our locations were one, uh, one location, um, and just several different spots at the dairy farm, the converted dairy farm, uh, barn, I should say. And so, um, but not everything was. Um, and so, and you know, like Daisy and I were just at vintage shops um, in upstate New York before shooting um, and looking on Amazon to, to get all of our outfits. <laughs> and so it was a very collaborative process. Um, yeah, it was just a wild, a wild experience in comparison to working on a TV show that's, you know, incredibly structured. Uh, so yeah, we were we were able to have a lot of flexibility in, in our shooting schedule. In a very weird way, would you would you have liked to have done this on a series on Hulu or even Netflix? I mean, to extend this storyline and get deeper into the characters? No, no. <laughs> it was very stressful uh, to play a believable sixty five year old woman okay. and not do it with a shtickness to it, and and to have it believable, but. Um, you, there's this aspect of is, is Anya faking it? Mm, and right, right, right. To, to, to teeter that line between is there any twinkle in her eye that's like, I'm fooling him? You know, so so that's it's approaching. I approach the mindset ultimately like she was Tracy, but you have to, I also had to keep that in mind. So no, I, I like that this was a Coke bottle situation. Um, it's a fever dream. And Kyle has many, I think he's got, he's got two kids, two dogs. I've got my baby, my little dog at home. Um, Lawrence and Daisy, they had, I, I don't know how much I should be able to share without them being here, but they dated, they met during COVID. Wow. One of their first big projects as a dating couple, just courting each other was writing this and walking in the woods and orating it to each other about what makes them just sort of either have holes in their childhood or, or things that make them nervous and playing to a lot of insecurity essentially um, and not being able to like let go uh, of of the control. So that's why a lot of people are scared of things like cybacillin and what they'll find if they do let go of the control. Um, so that was where this movie was born. And then they're just such, I met both of them. They're the exact same energy. And then when we went to New York, uh, I was living in a van at the time I lived in my van for 13 months uh, full time. And so Lawrence came to my van in Topanga under these like sycamore trees. And I I turned my captain's chair around my passenger seat and he sat in the passenger seat and I sat on my bench. <laughs> I had my lagoon table and my piece of raw edge wood as my table. And we, that's where we that's where we talked about these characters. And so from the beginning, and this was on a hippie commune in Topanga that I lived on for, I, I rented out my house in, in, in normal Los Angeles. For, for a year. So um, I, I, I'm not necessarily this hippity dippity girl, but <laughs> I sure was playing the part of it. And uh, and so we we all Kyle loves hiking in the outdoors. And so does Lawrence and Daisy. And then by the time we got to New York, they were engaged. And I was like, I'm not I'm not shocked. Wow. So they are quite the, the couple that to to film a movie together while you're engaged um, is really stressful and to wear that many hats that they both wore right. and that we, everyone was exhausted. So no, I'm happy it stayed a movie, um, but I made really good friends in the process. All of them are so lovely. Wow. Holland, you got to come back to this show anytime in the future. The door is always going to be open oh, for you. Thank you. You're so sweet. Uh, thank you so much. I love your name. Well, you be brilliant today. Okay. Okay. <laughs>